Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to another episode of Ever Evolving with Your Holistic Healer. I am your host, Catherine, and today we are going to be talking about self-care for empaths. Now, this is part of a little mini series, like a survival guide that I am doing. So if you haven't listened to the first part of that survival guide, I do recommend going back and listening to that one. But also, if you haven't, you can still you can still stick around here and listen to this one um, first off. So in the last episode, I mentioned about checking in with your energy and how things actually make you feel. And today I want to talk about what to do with those feelings, but not in the way that you would think, not in a like feel your feelings way or think about your feelings way. What I want to talk about is how we actually perceive our feelings and emotions and how we actually perceive being sensitive. Because if you've grown up being told that you're too much, you're too sensitive, you're too this, you're too that, you're overreacting, you're overthinking it, like why can't you just get over it, da-da-da-da-da. Like I've heard all of those many times and I'm guessing you probably have as well. Then we end up creating a bit of a disconnect around our emotions. We end up feeling like, oh, I don't like this part of myself that's sensitive. Like, why can't I just get over it? Why am I, why is this impacting me so much, you know? And we can end up resenting that part of ourselves that is sensitive, which, as you know from the last episode, being highly sensitive is something that can actually, it's it's actually a genetic trait. So when we try to avoid that part of ourselves, when we try to repress our sensitivity, it actually means that we're repressing ourselves and our expression of ourselves. And that means it can be really hard for us to actually feel comfortable to be ourselves and live a life that makes us feel truly fulfilled when we're spending all of our time like hating on ourselves, essentially. So what, what I want to talk about today is how do you actually feel about being sensitive? And how do you feel about your emotions? Because again, this conditioning, whether it, whether it comes from people around us, um, it can also come from the media. It can come from books and movies and any other kind of source of influence that makes us question ourselves. So take a moment now to think about that. How do you actually feel about being sensitive? What are your beliefs about being sensitive? A lot of my clients have said that they believe that sensitivity is weak. So of course, if if that's what you believe, you're you're going to end up wanting to, to squash that part of yourself. But in doing so, when you do squash down that part of yourself, you end up uh, retreating to your mind a lot because if you don't want to feel, if you don't want to feel your emotions, if you don't want to be sensitive, then you end up living in your head and becoming, becoming um, what's the word, like prey to your inner critic. So start to, again, question how you, what your beliefs are about being sensitive to see if you can remember back to 
what you were told as a child about being sensitive. Maybe do some journaling. Just sit down with yourself and and reflect on all the times in the past that you remember someone talking to you about being sensitive. And something else to note as well is that it's not always what people are are saying to us that really sticks with us around our emotions. It's also how emotions were modelled to us as children and as we were growing up. And the importance of actually understanding your beliefs around your emotions is that if you have a belief that your emotions uh, make you weak, then you you won't actually subconsciously want to feel them or process them. And the less you are able to feel and process, the more those emotions stick with you and stay in your body and the more you will get triggered. So I ha- I've found personally that sometimes, you know, it's, it's just part of the puzzle to be like, okay, you know, feel that emotion, connect with it when there's a huge part of you that is like, oh no, like I don't want to feel because it means I'm weak or I don't want to feel because I don't know how to and I'm scared I'm going to get stuck in my feelings. So that's why it's so important to to take a little bit of a step back and to actually look at your beliefs around your emotions because honestly, like I said, being highly sensitive, how we actually feel about our feelings plays a huge factor in our life. But the exciting thing is that once you actually rewire those beliefs and shift that subconscious script so that you're actually able to process your emotions and connect with them and feel empowered to do so, then you can begin to use your emotions to to work for you. Now, when I was uh, planning to record this podcast, I was sitting and having a little think about my experiences with emotions and something that's actually really quite cool is that with uh, some of the processes that I use there's a technique um, or a modality called neuro-linguistic programming and it's kind of like hypnotherapy almost and when you actually use NLP it actually changes the way that you remember events so when I sat down to actually think about my past experiences nothing was really coming to me because I've actually cleared them so I had to have a real deep think about it but I do remember um, like once I prompted myself quite a few things in my past that made me want to squash down my emotions. And I wonder if you'll be the same as well. Now, personally for me, my mum's side of the family is Italian and they're Catholic and they all lived quite close to us uh, where I grew up. So we spent a lot of time with my mum's family, Um, saw them every Sunday night for dinner, that, that kind of thing, like a big, a big extended family. And I adore my family. I absolutely love them. But we have this really... I'm going to call it toxic habit of laughing things off. And I didn't even realize it was such a big thing until my partner actually mentioned it to me. He's like, 
you laugh at things that are really quite morbid and actually not funny. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do. Like I remember uh, my my great, great auntie died and my uncle was like cracking jokes because, but it was, it's a coping mechanism. Like they don't actually know what to do with the emotion that comes up. So as a coping mechanism, you know, they just laugh things off. So that's what I grew up uh, being modeled around emotions and then my dad's side of the family, um, his, like my grandparents' background uh, was English when they were uh, alive. So I've got one side of the family who laughed things off and the other side who was English, who was very much, you know, keep calm, carry on. So there was a lot of emotional repression in my family. <laughs> so yeah, it was, um, it's, and it's something I didn't even realize until I started to reflect. It's actually been a really healing and cleansing experience for me to sit down and speak to my family and speak to my mom and say, hey, like this, this is how I would prefer to, for us to speak about things, you know, when I'm feeling a certain way. And it's, yeah, it's been really, really beautiful. And I feel like it's uh, kind of in a way broken any generational trauma around processing emotion which I, I wonder if it will be the same for you as well. Something else that came to my mind when I was reflecting on my past experiences was I remember going to a music concert when I was quite young. I think I might have been 11 or 12, and I grew up in the country on a farm, and the concert was in the big city, and the big city isn't even a big city that this concert was at anyway. We went to this concert and I saw a homeless person for the first time in my life when I was about 11 or 12 years old and he was selling roses and I could just tell like energetically like my, my I don't he just looked sad and my heart just sunk for him and I just wanted to help him so I was like mom can I please buy him but like buy a rose so she gave me the money and I felt so proud of myself. I felt like I'd really helped someone. Um, like I, I was happy that I had a rose. I was happy I helped the person. You know, everyone wins. And then my uncle came to pick us up and he was living in the big city and he laughed at me and he was like, oh, come on. Like, I can't believe you bought a rose off that homeless person. You know, they're just going to go out and like buy it on cigarettes, like spend that money on cigarettes and waste that money now. Like what a waste of money to buy that rose. And my mum stood up for me because my mum is like my biggest advocate and fan. But it didn't, that, that it, it didn't even matter because I felt so much shame as a child from, from, you know, listening to those feelings and from the shame of, of being guided by my emotions and my sensitivity only to be told that it was the wrong thing to do. And that was really, really hurtful for me as a child. So whether or not you are able to reflect on some experiences in the past or whether or not you're able to really pinpoint the the beliefs and you know stories and messages that you were told growing up as a child if you do struggle with your emotions now one of the best things to do if you feel comfortable to do so uh, you can either put your hand on your heart or do this while looking in the mirror and just say to yourself I see you and your emotions are valid it is safe for you to feel and imagine saying that to 
your younger self or if you're looking in the mirror, just say that to yourself. Look deep into your reflection and allow yourself to just be free. And, you know, it might feel a little bit weird. It might feel a little uncomfortable to say those words. It might even feel unnatural to tell yourself that it's safe for you to feel when maybe you've spent so many years trying not to feel. So be kind with yourself, take things one step at a time. And if that does feel like a big jump, then continue uh, the exercises in the, the first part of the survival guide and just acknowledge those sensations. Because by you continuing to acknowledge those sensations, you're also showing your nervous system and your body that it is safe for you to feel. But by actually saying it out loud and saying it to yourself, then you're actually rewiring your, your mind and your subconscious mind while you do so. And then follow it up with some of the things that you love about being sensitive. Now, you might struggle to have things come to your mind, um, but I'll share a few of my favorite things about being sensitive for you in a moment. But the thing about all the power in actually uh, talking yourself through the things you love about being sensitive is also another way of you rewiring your subconscious by bringing focus to the things that you actually enjoy about being sensitive so that you'll feel safer and safer over time to actually start to explore your emotions and your feelings. And like I mentioned, when you are able to actually explore your emotions and your feelings and your sensitivities, then you're more able to accept yourself to release some of that built up shit from the past that might be holding you back. And it just means that you have that little bit more freedom in life to just be you. Now, I one of the things I love about being sensitive is I love embracing the simple things. I love that Sometimes I cry with happiness when the sun rises because it, because it, it just is so beautiful. I love stopping and just looking at butterflies and just feeling so much just a warmth in my body. I love that being sensitive helps me to be a better person and a better a better partner, a better daughter, a better friend, a better family member, a better sister. It helps me to be a better practitioner for my clients. It helps me to be able to understand what people have been through without actually having to experience it myself, which means I'm really, really good at holding space for people and helping them to feel safe, which is tr so transformative within itself. I love that being sensitive means that I love really, really hard. I love with all the depths of my being. I love that being sensitive means that when I find some food that I really like, it like, oh, I'm, I'm just thinking now, I discovered these gluten-free chocolate chip cookies yesterday from just from the supermarket just like a supermarket brand and oh my gosh they are the best like even better than normal uh like normal gluten cookies they are so good and seriously like that was something that made my day because I just love I just love good food it makes me happy and I love that being sensitive means that the tiniest things can make me happy. 
that just, again, just sitting on the couch and reading a good book can make me happy, that I can just reflect on things in the past. I can reflect on seeing my partner or I can reflect on being at the beach and visualizing that alone can set off so many happy chemicals in my body because as highly sensitive people we have this uh, depth of processing that actually means that we are we're able to feel more from visualizing so I love all of those parts and especially that because uh, we, we are able to feel more um, than others when it comes to our internal world and visualizing, it also means that that's super helpful when it comes to healing things from the past. It means that we can actually heal things uh, quite quickly by just visualizing a resolution to or having closure to something from the past. So those are all the things I really love about being sensitive. And that's not taking away your experience and how how you maybe have felt a bit down in the past about being sensitive because I completely understand. I spent so many years trying to change myself and not liking myself and wishing I wasn't sensitive that it actually blows my mind that I'm able to sit here now and just cycle off all of these things to you that I love about being sensitive. But it only I've, I've only been able to reach that point by actually acknowledging that the sensitivity is part of me because there's this saying um and for the life of me I can never remember who it is that says it I feel like it's Carl Jung he says what we resist persists so the more that you resist your sensitivity the more it's going to persist the more it's going to come up in your life and kind of be like a siren asking for your attention, the more it's going to come up so that you end up getting triggered over and over and over again until you actually face it and learn to embrace it. And if not embrace it, just work with it and manage it. Because again, it is part of you and it's something that can unlock such an amazing, amazing part of your being, an amazing part of your life. So again, start off with just exploring how you feel about your feelings and try to do it do it in a non-biased way. Just observe, just reflect, just notice the, again, the messages that you've been told about your sensitivity. But it might bring up a little bit of anger when you do start to explore that. Uh, so just, just sit with that and know that anger is just an, an energy. It's just a sensation in your body. It's just something that it's an energy that just wants to be expressed. So I hope this helps you in your quest to master your energy and emotions and to feel empowered about being an empath. So if you have any questions at all or if this uh, resistance to accepting your sensitivity is something that you know that you need to explore in order to really accept yourself and start working through your emotions then please reach out uh, I offer one-on-one -on -one sessions where we can really really explore 
more about where this uh, resistance to your sensitivity first came from. And I also have a one-on-one -on -one mentorships, uh, one um, especially focused on empaths and highly sensitive people called the Embodied Empath Mentorship. So if you wanted to chat about either of those, or if you just want to chat in general, ask a few questions, then contact me on Instagram at your holistic healer. And in the next part of this survival guide, I will be diving even deeper into exploring the inner child and talking about how you can heal your inner child, how you can free your inner child from the past as well. Now, the inner child is important for everyone, but it's even more so important for empaths and highly sensitive people. And studies have even shown that. So keep an eye out for that next episode and to make sure that you don't miss it, uh, make sure that you follow or subscribe or whatever the option is to, to make sure that you don't miss any of the episodes. As always, thank you for listening in. It really does mean so much to me. And I hope that these podcast episodes are really helping to expand your mind around being highly sensitive.